Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. Howdy, howdy. It's Rhino here, and I wanted to say thank you for listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. to you and welcome to Middays on Super Talk Mississippi. Dave Hughes filling in on a Friday. It has been a minute since I've been here on a Friday. I don't know why. It's always the middle of the week, but hey, get to kick off the weekend correctly here with you, my friends. How are you? Hope you're having a wonderful time. Hope your Vienna sausage has been appropriately fried and delicious throughout. Rhino over in the booth chuckling. I guess you saw that Thomas actually tried it out. Oh, yeah. It looked good. I mean, you deep fry anything, it's going to look tasty. Yeah, yeah. Deep fried air, I think, would be fine. Just just the deep frying. We'll take that. Isn't it, that the uh, the crispies from Captain D's? That's just deep yeah. fried air. Yeah, yeah. It's it's basically and that's the, the best part. It's the fish crust without the fish is what it amounts to. Uh, they uh, they have uh, actually in uh, Louisiana a big thing down there, and you've seen them. They're big in a lot of other places called cracklins. Oh yeah. Well, they have chicken cracklins. It's, I've had those. They're good. Oh, they're so good, but it's it's just it's just the 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 crispy part, the the chicken skin basically. It's not really the skin, but yeah, basically it's it's just the the it's fried part enough. of the chicken. It's fried chicken without the chicken, and it's delicious. So yeah, deep frying anything will work. How you been doing, man? Oh, not too bad. I uh, I turned myself into a bit of a comedy of errors last night. Oh boy! Because yesterday I had a Red Bull, and then I had a coffee. Then I had a couple brews, and I didn't drink a whole lot of water. Oh, so no. about 2 in the morning, I rolled over, and I guess I had put my foot in a funny position because about five minutes after rolling over, I got a giant cramp right in the middle of the ball of my foot. Oh, I hate those. I hate those. So I had to hobble to the kitchen and drink some pickle juice. And normally, I can just walk those out. But sometimes you get one, and there's no walking. Pickle juice. You went, oh, yeah. You went for the pickle juice. Well, of, pickle juice is the first first choice. If that doesn't work, then I go to my little drawer-o condiments from fast food places and find a, a mustard packet. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I did If that doesn't work, I just start chugging whatever water is available. <laughs> uh, no Red Bulls? No. They're tasty, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But, but they will dehydrate the heck out of you if you're oh, not careful. They will. They will. Yeah, And dehydration is a thing right now. Uh, so is a lot of water. Hurricane Lee, I'm sure you've heard, up to 165-mile-an-hour winds now, Category 5. 
I had to look it up last night. Do you know what the highest recorded winds are in a hurricane in history? I want to say it's north of 200, but I could be wrong. Uh, and I'm talking about what gusts, yes, but maximum sustained winds, which is what they go by for the alerts. It was Hurricane Allen back in 1980 that was clocked with 190 mile per hour winds as it was entering the Gulf. That's the official uh, in the books record for highest winds recorded, which means we're 15 miles per hour away from this one tying that, 20 miles an hour away on the maximum sustained winds for it having the highest winds of any hurricane in history that we've recorded. It, it's up in rare territory, is what I'm saying. The good news is every computer model except one there's always that one. You've got a group of friends. There's always that one. You've got a class in school. There's always that one. Well, there's always one of the computer models that goes, oh, I'm going to go over here, instead of following along with, you know, the prevalent patterns. Most of them have it hooking a hard north turn and never bothering anything to do with America. That one, however... Does not have it making the hard right turn and going north. It has it just continuing straight on. I, I have to wonder if they need to reboot the computer that does that model. Because that model, it just comes straight across. No turn, no movement of anything. Just follows straight out, goes across Florida, and comes in uh, around about Mobile Bay. To say that model is an outlier would be a vast understatement. That little guy? I wouldn't worry about that little guy. The XTRP. Somebody needs to thump that computer on the side a couple of times with the heel or their hand because it ain't working too hot. Everybody else agrees. The only difference, and it's understandable, is the timing when it's going to make the north turn. But it's going to make the northerly turn. Doesn't look like it's going to affect us which is fine, considering it's going to wind up going down as one of the most powerful hurricanes we've ever seen. It can stay out there as far as it would like to be. we got no problem with that. But uh, that's what we're looking at. <laughs> Gina Mendehall is Trump's fault. Well, everything's Trump's fault, unless you're talking to the people on the other side of the room, in which case everything's Biden's fault. Right? Right. Pretty much. That's that's the conversation. That's the way it goes right now. It's everything is somebody's fault. Nothing ever just happens anymore. Although I think you can give more credence to it being Biden's fault than Trump's fault because Biden's in office right now. Yes. Yes. I think he inherits this because he at least physically is in the office of the president right now. Well, don't you know that the at the Resolute Desk in the Oval Office, they have the special drawer on the right side. The left side is gas prices, where they hit the button and the drawer comes out and they, they move the lever up and down to change gas prices. On the right, you hit the secret button, and that's where they steer the hurricane. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I suspect there are more controls than that, but that's the two we know of. I have it pictured in my head. It's got the old uh, uh, ray, uh, cathode ray tubes that show the numbers for the oh, gas yeah. thing, and it just like like it used to be on the pumps years and years ago. And yeah, that that it just flickers and changes that way, and probably even that one occasionally the president has to lean down and go. Okay, there we go. 
just to get it working. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot of machinery. People don't realize. It is the cutting-edge technology of the late 50s. How sad is it that that's not that far off? It's really not. You know, they just updated the Situation Room. Right. Uh, first time since 2007, I think, that it had had any upgrade. What do you think the odds are they have any flat-screen monitors in there? What do you think? Uh, I'd give it 50-50 odds. It's about a coin flip. It, it depends on how the government contract bidding went. Oh, yeah. I mean, if there are flat screens in there, they cost $47,000 apiece. Power per inch. Power cord not included. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get that extra. <laughs> Jeff in Forest County. Nuke the Hurricanes. Yeah. That's a different button. That's a third set of controls. That one's way over to the right and a little bit behind. Look up a schematic of how the, the desk is situated, and you can you can see some of the telltale signs of it. From the 601. This is Mississippi. We'd deep fry Marlboros if we could get away with it. To that, I would very it's Friday, so my responsibility meter is already busted. Uh, so with that in mind, my response to that is, could get away with it. What's stopping you, dude? Paper gets a little soggy before it crisps up. The Friday police ain't out on patrol today. Just saying. The filters are going to be really chewy, though. Let me warn you in advance. You might want to chop that part off and then go with it. We are now discussing recipes on how to deep fry cigarettes. This is not how I envisioned this day going, and and we're barely 15 minutes in. Going to be a whale of a show. Uh, <laughs> Ceasefire text line, I just pray there aren't any buttons that Joe Biden can hit on his way down for his nap. I have had that thought, and unfortunately, I have reached the level of cynicism that I just chuckled when I thought of it. Old... Sleepy Joe, just dozing off, falling forward, and face-planting on the nuclear button. It's a possibility. Why not? Tim and Jackson says, where in the desk is the laser control that starts the fire in Maui? That's in the vice president's office. That's a completely different system. Although the president does have to have his feet attached to his foot massager under the desk for it to work. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the old two-key system to launch the missiles from a submarine. you got to have two guys. And two, he's got to have his feet on the foot massager. And the vice president has to, you know, cackle into a small microphone that's built to look like one of those old Fisher-Price pull telephone toys with the eyes. She just picks it up and goes, ah! Laser fires. We're revealing a lot of secrets. I'm pretty sure government agents will be here any moment to tell us to knock it off. But it's a public service. We continue. Our buddy Lance is in here next on Super Talk Mississippi. Keep it here. talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. 
Welcome back to the Element Wealth Studios. Middays, Dave Hughes in on this Friday, and now he's had a full 20-minute rest break. So it's time to get Lance back to work because, you know, laziness is not going to get you anywhere in this life. Amen, brother. Just, just trying to keep you motivated, well, dude. Lance Tolbert, how you doing, I'm doing man? great. I was laughing with Rhino and saying the, the Montenegrins from Montenegro uh, have a competition ongoing right now. Uh, yes. The, the lazy competition. And all you, you to win it, you just can't do anything. I think they're in week three. Twenty-one of the oh, they had started with twenty-one contestants. I think there's seven left, and basically you just get to lay around and do nothing. So yeah, literally, yeah. if you stand up, you're disqualified. <laughs> you lose. They have been laying down for three solid weeks, right. and uh, how do you sign up? How do you get to the point in life to where you can literally go take a three-week-long nap and still pay the bills? Well, and what sports are they watching, Dave? I mean, they don't have football, so they're not watching baseball. I mean, baseball's perfect for napping and golf, but, I mean, I'm not quite sure. Uh, And soccer is – maybe soccer is what they've been napping through. It's worth a nap, you know? Seems like every time the guy shouts, (laughs) go! Oh, you know, oh my God! You it jump would startle up, you, yeah. You know, jump up looking for whatever the liquor is in Montenegro. I don't know what that is, but maybe Rhino could find out the uh, the home country liquor because you'd probably have to have a bit of that to sit still yeah. for that long. You know, I'm pretty sure it's going to involve Kahlua, but that's <laughs> Kahlua. just a guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, of course, tonight we've got the Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance Company High School Football Scoreboard Show, of which you are the captain. Yes, sir. I get to hand it off and throw some passes to the geniuses that work with me and. They are great. Uh, the the brain power between Keith and Butch is fantastic. Uh, they uh, will gets to you know ride the pine and maybe stay at the house for you know a night or two. I know up front everybody's like Will's not doing this anymore. I say hey bear with me, bear with me. We'll get this thing. And I felt last week was good. We had our scores that came in before we were done. That helps. Had a lot of text. Thank you guys and challenge some of the listeners and say hey send us some pictures. I know there's a beautiful chili dog out there. I know the scoreboard's lit up. There's got to be somebody that has got a camera in their hand. So no telling what we're going to do with those yet. But I do hope that we continue getting the engagement. Had one individual text the line at uh, 1130 and said, hey, I got a picture of myself. Can I send it? I was like, hey, send it next week because I'm leaving now. I got to yeah. be back here in the morning. So yeah, let's I'm do done. this. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, no, it's, you know, we have a great time, a lot of fun. Uh, Butch and Keith are excellent at what they do. I get more of an opportunity to uh, hand them the ball and, and just read the text coming in and, and uh, work with the phone and have fun. The, their job is much harder, so uh, I'm happy to have them. But, you know, we have some uh, some big games tonight. Uh, really, the top ten, uh, you know, we want to go run through that. It depends on what poll you look at and who's in the top ten. But I'm going to go this week with Capital Sports poll. I think it, it's pretty good. And, and they threw Northwest Rankin in there at ten. And being a Northwest Rankin guy, you know, I, I'm, I've got to go with a poll that has my guys in there. So, uh, so you're a homer. Okay, yeah, now I, we, yeah, we've I established have no this, problem uh, promoting the Cougars. So, uh, but overall, top ten. Starkville is two and zero. They're number one. They beat West Point uh, last week, thirty nine twenty eight. That's an annual battle. You know, just a bare knuckle brawl. Starkville came out ahead, and um, Starkville has uh, Meridian 
and uh, this week, which they should be in a position to to do well. Starkville's very talented. Meridian's played okay. They lost early to Quitman, but rebounded. Uh, number two's Oak Grove. They, they uh, beat Hoover last week, which was a huge win. I don't think any Mississippi public school has been able to go over there and do that. So it was an OT game. They have Hattiesburg this week. Hattiesburg played Laurel last week for the little brown jug battle, which was a heck of a heck of a, um, a game and a very historic one. Tupelo comes in at three. They're two and zero. Oh. They beat South Haven forty to seven. They have Hernando this week. Picayune's one and one. They lost to Catholic Louisiana in a very tight game, thirty six thirty five. Uh, they have Diaberville this week. Uh, Picayune should rebound. Diaberville's no slouch, though. Picayune's probably pound for pound one of the most talented teams, if not, regardless of classification. Uh, Madison Central is two and zero, uh, and they uh, they really kind of scorched Brandon last week, forty to twenty six. They have number six Gulfport, uh, uh, you know, this week, and I know Bob, they got to head down to Gulfport tonight, and that's going to be a ball game. So you don't don't uh, sleep on the Gulfport guys. But uh, Madison Central has shown that they have a backbone. They're tough. They're coached well. Well, and that's kind of every year. Yeah, every year. No. I mean, they've got a moxie to them that you don't want to take Madison Central lightly because the, when you say, hey, they're not going to be that good, that's that's when they're going to just boat race you. So I would look at, at Madison Central on that one. But, again, on the road at Gulfport, going to be a tough battle. Louisville's 2-0, and beating Neshoba Central 31 to nothing. That was a scorching. They got Columbus tonight, and they're at Columbus. So that will be a little of a test, but Louisville's very, very good. Holmes County's one of the new ones that you hear about. Uh, they have – uh, they're two and zero. Beat Greenville Christian forty-five to nothing, and uh, they'll have a an academy game tonight with Canton Academy. So, Oxford comes in at nine at two and zero. Beat South Panola thirty-one fourteen pretty handedly. It was a game that that many thought was going to be pretty close, but Oxford just really laid on them. They have Grenada, another tough team this week, and then Northwest Rankin at ten. They're two and zero. Beat Clinton twenty-one fourteen, and they have Ocean Springs uh, this week. Ocean Springs is in some polls going to be in the top ten, and some is going to be in the top fifteen. So I would say it's a battle of top fifteen teams. Uh, there's some other really good games going on out there. Uh, I'll try to you know touch on those tonight more because this segment's a bit limited. I did want to go through the little team. I don't know what you're talking about. We yeah. only got eight million games yeah, tonight, yeah, yeah. Lance. Yeah, plenty of time. <laughs> no, the little ten, though, I did want to mention the uh, the little ten top ten MRA three and one. Uh, they have Madison St. Joe tonight. Knoxville County's one and one. Uh, they'll have West Point, and uh, that's going to be a tough one there. Winona's two and zero. They have Kosciuszko at Kosciuszko. Jeff Davis County, another very very good team. They'll be at Laurel tonight, and Laurel, hey, they're they're always solid. So th- that's going to to me in the little ten. That's a game you really want to watch right there. Um, Jackson Prep and JA play tonight as well. Both are undefeated. And J, yeah, J.A. is just – they're always right there. But, you know, Prep has seemed to kind of take the cake lately. Hartfield is your number five team at 3-0. and they Prep have, is a machine. They are a machine. And uh, MRA is a machine. Th- those are two that if uh, – academy teams you don't want any part of. Uh, I don't care, again, what classification you are. Uh, Hartfield, very good team. Uh, they're, I think, a step behind right now with Prep and MRA. But you can't rule them out because they're very talented, got a lot of good players on that team. They have PCS – uh, at home tonight. Jackson Prep, as I said, is at Jackson Academy, so that's going to be, and it gives Jackson Academy a little bit of a home field advantage there. Uh, Union is 2-0, and and they have Leak Academy tonight. Choctaw County has, they're at Ripley, they're 2-0 and as well. They come in at 8th in the Little 10. Jackson Academy, 9 in the Little 10. Obviously, they're hosting JP, and then Velma Jackson, a team that had a really solid year last year. Again, they're coming in at 10 in the uh, Little 10. They're 2-0, and and they are open this Friday. So the only open team that I found that is ranked 
is going to be Velma Jackson. It's and a little yeah. odd to have an open this early. date this early yeah. in the season. Yeah. It is. So it's <laughs> hey, you take them when you can get them, but I would much rather have had it later in the season. Oh yeah, when, when you really need that kind of break. So uh, the, the if we have a second or two, there are a couple games probably as I mentioned worth tuning into, and and we have quite a bit of stuff on the platform. So please don't hesitate to go out and look. And if you don't know what's out there. Um, get in touch with us, and we'll let you know where to find the, all the goodies out there. But Madison Central at Gulfport, obviously. That was one we talked about. Uh, some are picking Gulfport in this, so that, this is going to be an interesting game. I'm excited about it. Oak Grove at Hattiesburg, another crosstown type of rival there that's going to be a tough one. Uh, uh, Oak Grove's going to be picked in that one. Ocean Springs at Northwest Rankin. And uh, we have Macomb. Your neck of the woods at Mendenhall. Both teams are undefeated. Mendenhall played for the state championship last year and is a very good team. Macomb looks to be improved as well, so another battle that we will uh, have ensuing. Clinton is 0-2 and Brandon is 0-2, two teams that were in the top 10 to start the season. Clinton goes to Brandon, not sure that that's going to matter. Right now, neither team has played extremely well, but they haven't played poorly, so... (laughs) That's a toss-up at this point. I'm not quite sure what to think of the Clinton-Brandon game. So a close game. Yeah, I think it probably will be. But Brandon is immensely talented. They just have not put it together in the two games that they've played. And really, it was an unfortunate uh, loss in in the opener. You know what I have noticed, though, over the years? When you have a team like that that has every one of the pieces there, they have the, the, the skills, they have the players, they have everything in place, and it's just not gelling. Yep. Just fair warning to everybody that has them on the schedule this year, when and if they do gel, yes, they will run over everyone. Well, and that's what district is. You know, once you get going in district, that's where a lot of these teams, they take some lumps early. West Point did it last year. Laurel did. You know, Hattiesburg, some teams take some lumps early. But then when you start getting into the district, you, you know, they start turning that screw a little tighter and things work a little bit better. It's not the rattling going on and, you know, everything's tuned up. So that's where we are. Terry has got uh, Callaway tonight. Callaway's another team that's very talented, did not make the move up to 7A. Uh, so they're in a uh, Terry Callaway. That's going to be a really tough, uh, tough battle at South Jackson Field. And uh, the last one I want to mention is Petal two and zero at Columbia two and zero. So that's going to round out most of the games that I can cover in this time period. But Choctaw County and Ripley both are two and zero, and they play tonight as well. So there are a lot of good games to tune into. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance Company High School Football Scoreboard Show with Lance Talbert behind the wheel tonight. Uh, tune in. Uh, I'm sorry, we completely ran out of time. We didn't get to talk about the uh, the the playoff chances for Shaw High School, but we can get to that another time. I'm sure <laughs> they Just, have suspended all activities. Yeah, there ain't nothing going on there at this point. We're going to talk about that later in the show. Right now, we got to get ready because coming up after the break, Philip Mantle joins us from England, no less, and we're going to talk. Well, about a really cool book involving the Pascagoula UFO abduction from 50 years ago. That's next in the Element Well Studios. Keep it here. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Welcome, welcome to our show. On Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one. Yeah, 
Welcome back. Super Talk Mississippi live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes on a Friday morning, and we're joined now uh, over a very long connection, might I add, uh, by Philip Mantle, author and publisher of the book Beyond Reasonable Doubt, which uh, does a really good job of chronicling the story of the Pascagoula alien abduction from almost 50 years ago. We're not quite to the anniversary yet, uh, but we're very close. And uh, Philip, number one, welcome to the show. Great to talk to you. How are you? You're in England, right? Yeah, good morning, Gerard. I'm fine, thank you. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, we're, we're very close, and I know you have said this before. You were hoping, and I think we were all hoping, that Calvin Parker would make it to the 50th anniversary, and we just lost him. So uh, that, that's got to be a blow, because you two were friends, right? Yes. I mean, you know, Calvin was one of the two gentlemen involved back in 1973, the other being Charles Hickson. And Charlie died in 2011. And Calvin had been fighting kidney cancer for some time. Uh, but we did hope that come this October the 11th, the 50th anniversary, he'd still be with us. Uh, but sadly, he, he passed away on August the 24th. But, um, you know, Calvin and I became great friends over the years. Uh, it was a, We knew the news was coming, but it was still sad to hear it when it arrived, all, all the same. And he was, was a real gentleman and a scholar, and, and he will be sadly missed by all who knew him. Kind of an off-the-wall question that I want to ask is, you know, uh, back when this event happened, one of their immediate concerns was the possibility of some type of radiation they had been exposed to or something else, and they actually went and got checked out at Keesler Air Force Base. Was there any concern or any thought in Calvin's mind at any point that you know of that maybe what happened to him led to the cancer that ultimately took his life? He certainly toyed with that idea, yes, but Calvin had been, you know, ill prior to this as well with totally different ailments. He'd had a minor stroke at one point, uh, and he also had, you know, open heart surgery. So, you know, this was the next thing that came along, I'm afraid. But he did toy with the idea, yes, but, I, you know, how seriously he took it, I'm not so sure. Now, let me ask you this. The book, uh, you know, does a great job of starting from the very beginning of this entire experience. But one thing I want to make sure that we stress here, you, you give uh, in the book the, uh, the, the testimony, for lack of a better term, uh, from both Calvin and Charles, their sides of the story. Uh, it's kind of hard to really understand just how huge of a thing this was when it happened back in 1973. We've kind of gotten used to hearing about UFO reports and everything else. This was an enormous breaking piece of news when it happened and started to get out, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, you know, journalists descended upon the small town of Pascagoula, Mississippi, in one way or another. And um, I remember the sheriff, Sheriff Fred Diamond, remarking that, that they'd literally had thousands of telephone calls, thousands, mostly from journalists. And of course, Calvin was, you know, haunted by journalists for the rest of his life. You know, he didn't really want to say anything. He wanted to just live a normal life. Whereas Mr. Hickson, he was happy to talk to them. Uh, and it did make headlines around the world. And, you know, in my archive here at home, I have 
hundreds and hundreds of newspaper cuttings in many different languages. Um, it also made its way into popular culture. Uh, for example, the Fleetwood Mac in 1976 recorded a song called Hypnotized, and it is partially based on Charlie and Calvin's story. Uh, Italian TV station RAI made a two-part TV movie about it. Charlie and Calvin had no idea, you know, that this had been done. So it spread in many, many different ways. Well, and the the thing is, uh, let's go back to something you said just a second ago. Charles was very happy to talk about this with anybody that wanted to talk to him about it. Calvin, not so much. And that was from the very beginning. He didn't want to tell anybody after it happened at all and, and just kind of pretend it didn't happen. Is that right? That's right. I mean, from the minute that it happened, you know, and, and they were stood alone on the pier, you know, shivering and shaking. Uh, Calvin says, we're not going to tell anyone. And one of the reasons, and it may seem strange to us today in a modern time, but Calvin had recently got engaged. And he was frightened that if this story got out, his, his fiance's father wouldn't, wouldn't let them marry. And, uh, you know, it's a reasonable thing. So they set off to, to drive home, Charlie and Calvin. Calvin was driving on the intent of going home and telling no one. But it was Charlie who had a change of heart en route. And he said, look, Calvin, what if these things come back and do this to somebody else? Charlie had also been in the U.S. Army and had fought in Korea. So he then said, what if it's an invasion? So they pulled in at a convenience store, a little shop, and used the, the public telephone. And the first place they phoned was Keesler Air Force Base. And they said, sorry, guys, you know, we're not in the UFO business anymore. Ring the local authorities, which they did. And they ended up at uh, Jackson County Sheriff's Department being interviewed by Fred Diamond and his deputies. They were even recorded secretly talking. They thought, well, catch them now. You know, they'll be laughing and joking. But on this secret tape, it was quite the opposite. You know, Calvin's crawling up the walls and, and Charlie's trying to reassure his, his young friend. Um, so from day one, you know, Calvin didn't want anything to do with it. But Charlie being older and having more experience, certainly in, in his military days, he took it on board and was the torchbearer for it. Now, we just have a couple of minutes before the break, so I'm going to give you probably the tallest order you have been given so far. Uh, for, for those people that, and I don't know why you wouldn't be at this point, for, but for those people who aren't familiar with the story we're talking about with Charlie and Calvin, can you sum it up in like a minute and a half what happened to them, what they say occurred that night Absolutely. in Pascagoula? Yeah, yeah. They've been working in the shipyard that day, and both 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 guys like fishing, so Charlie says, we're going to do a spot of fishing tonight. Yep. Picked up the gear, bought some bait, and are on an old pier, an abandoned shipyard on the Pascagoula River, right by Highway 90, with the bridge going over the river, and the, this blue light came from behind them. Calvin thought it was the police. But when they turned round, it wasn't. It was this rugby ball-shaped object descending. Uh, it stopped a couple of feet above the ground. An opening appeared. Three strange creatures came out. Two got hold of Charlie. One of Calvin took them on board this thing, did some kind of examination, and deposited them back on the pier. Uh, you know, that's it in a nutshell. And both men, you know, were totally, totally scared to death. 
As you would be in that situation. And and I think what made this story stand out above so many of the other claims and stories that you hear is the fact that, you know, the, their testimony never wavered. What they said happened was always consistent. Eventually, they were given a lie detector test, passed it with flying colors. They were put under hypnosis and literally couldn't stay under hypnosis for very long because they were freaking out, reliving it, and they couldn't calm yeah. them down, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and you know, and and they were literally at the Jackson County Sheriff's Office within hours of this happening, which is unprecedented. There are other incidents like this at different times, but you know, there was no, and of course, you mentioned Kingsler Air Force Base. In our book, we have a transcript of the whole conversation at, at Kingsler because they had a stenographer who recorded it all. There's nothing redacted. There's all the Air Force personnel all named. I think that transcript is about 17 pages long, and it gives a detailed account of what happened to them that night. And I think that's another thing that lends to the credibility of this story in a lot of people's eyes, is the amount of detail, and again, the fact that those details in all of this time never changed. Those, those men's stories never changed one iota. Uh, which really kind of solidifies it as something that, yes, this this is something that has to be taken seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, um, we spoke to the police dispatcher who was on duty that night. He took the call from Charles Hickson. And he said, Philip, he said, I took over 50 calls of people reporting UFOs on the telephone. And then he said, when I went back to the police station, there were people there in person reporting it as well. And that was all entered in the police log. So the police knew from, from the very beginning almost that Charlie and Calvin weren't alone in this. There were others that, that was, you know, reporting these things that night. Uh, and of course, in our research for the new book, we uncovered many of those that did indeed see something that night, not just Charlie and Calvin. Philip Mantle, author and publisher of the book Beyond Reasonable Doubt about the Pascagoula alien abduction that happened back in 1973. Can you hang on through the break for just a few more minutes? Of course. Fantastic. We'll continue talking to Philip right after this in the Element Well Studios on Midday, Super Talk, Mississippi. Covering the stories that matter most to Mississippians. Gerard Gibbert, Middays with Gerard, Super Talk, Mississippi. Welcome back. Super Talk Mississippi Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes in on this Friday. Philip Mantle joining us uh, from England, the author and publisher of the book Beyond Reasonable Doubt. Uh, and that's a great title for the book because a lot of experts basically use that phrase to describe this case and what Calvin and Charlie said happened to them in 1973 in Pascagoula, right? Absolutely. I mean, my co-author of the book is, is Dr. Irina Scott in, in Ohio, 
uh, a retired academic. Uh, and, and we had a, a, you know, a working title for the book. It just didn't fit. And uh, I was watching a, one of the, a courtroom drama TV show one night and they said, we have to prove this beyond reasonable doubt. And I emailed Irina and I said, I think I have a title for the book um, because we're confident that all the information and, and all the new evidence we've obtained that's all published in the book, that if we were able to take that to a courtroom, Dave, we could prove beyond reasonable doubt that something extraordinary took place that night. We'd never be able to prove they were abducted by aliens, but something totally, totally bizarre. And, and, and I think the title, you know, fits the evidence. Well, and, and that's why I think there is still a lot of interest in this case and whatever it was that happened in Pascagoula on that night, because between their testimony of what happened to them personally and all of the other people that reported seeing something strange that night, uh, that that's an awful lot of evidence to just spontaneously pile up in one place. Uh, it's too much smoke for there not to be some type of fire behind it, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I mentioned the, the motorway bridge or the the bridge that goes over the river. I mean, we had a, a gentleman by the name of uh, Charles Anderson said, I was driving over that bridge that night with my wife and I saw the thing. You know, it was down below me. He said, I thought it was going to crash. We had a, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Lewis Lee who was working in the shipyard that night on the other side of the river. He was a crane driver. And this is Philip. He said, my cab is about 10 feet off the ground. And he says, as soon as I looked out over the river, I could see this darn thing. Never seen anything like it in my life. And I asked Mr. Lee, I said, did you report it to anyone? He said, well, I told my wife and family. He said, but Philip, this is 1973. There's no, ghost, there's no Ghostbusters to call, you know? And so he didn't hide it, but, but there, was, there was no way to, to officially report it. And they're just a couple of examples, Dave, of the many people that we've interviewed. Well, and the thing is, yes, it was that way in 1973. We're finally starting to get rid of some of the stigma and uh, make it more normalized to be able to report this kind of thing without getting repercussions from friends and family and workers and employers and, and everybody else. Because for the longest time, if you saw something, well, you kind of kept it to yourself because, well, you were going to get those looks and it was going to cause you problems in life. Absolutely. And in, in 2018, Calvin finally, you know, uh, uh, told his story in full. And he did local television, national and even international television. Uh, and it was amazing to see the difference between now and 1973. He was treated with respect. You know, people asked polite questions. They didn't laugh at him. You know, uh, I mean, we recently came across some old letters that belonged to Mr. Hickson. And one of those letters is from a, a lady, and she's writing to apologize on behalf of, uh, you know, the TV companies in America, because she watched them on the TV, and they were laughed at, you know? So there was a huge difference, you know, these, these 50 years later. And, and of course, what it did, Dave, it encouraged other people to now step out from behind, you know, closed doors. They'd, they'd seen what happened in 1973, and thought, they're not gonna make a fool of me. The second time around, when Calvin steps forward and he's treated with respect, encourages other people to say, well, maybe it's time we told someone. And thankfully, a lot of them told myself and my colleague, Dr. Irina Scott.
Well, the book, Beyond Reasonable Doubt, is it out yet? It is. It's available now. It's in three languages. It's in English, Spanish, and French. It's in a variety of different formats as well. So there's hardback, paperback, there's a Kindle. There's even an audiobook version. So hopefully there's something there for everyone. Now, how do uh, people get their hands on it? If they want a copy of this book, and if they're paying attention, they want a copy of this book, how do they get that? Yeah, it's a little plug for you. Philip, how do they get their hands on it? Thank you. And uh, It's simple. Just go to Amazon and and punch it in, and and there you go. And you'll find all three languages on Amazon, no problem. And you can order it pretty much anywhere, anywhere around the world, and you'll get a copy. Beyond Reasonable Doubt is the name of the book. Philip Mantle, uh, one of the authors, your co-author's name again? Dr. Irina Scott. Dr. Ivina Scott, but just search for Beyond Reasonable Doubt, Philip Mantle. Trust me, it's going to come up on Amazon, and you're going to be really glad that you did that search. Read it, because this is a fascinating piece of Mississippi history that is becoming more important as this subject becomes a lot more acceptable and a lot more the focus of attention, both legislatively and in the public as well. Philip, I have enjoyed it so much. Uh, Keep us up to date, and thank you for writing this book. No, thank you. Thank you very much for for allowing me to to speak to your, your listeners and your viewers. Thank you very much indeed. Great talking to you. Hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, We have hour number two of Middays in the Element Wealth Studio. Welcome to the show that challenges you to think deeply deeply. and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. How did you know how to spell that? That's the question. I thought about it on the way back in from the break. Okay, I I thought you were distracted. Now I know why. Welcome back. Midday is live in the Element Well Studios. You would just have to see the text line to know what we're discussing. Um, it's, It's a beautiful day. Gorgeous weather. Looks like Hurricane Lee is just going to scare the daylights out of a bunch of fish and probably cause a really bad day or two around the Bermuda area looks like and that's about it that's the forecast right now I refuse to completely accept it just because every time I've ever done that I wound up regretting it so we'll wait and see just to make sure uh, but for now it looks like that's not going to be a problem for us whatsoever enjoyed talking to Philip somebody on the ceasefire text line uh, mentioned uh, the Rendlesham encounter happened back around uh, right right at the start of 80s, 1980, I think, uh, where some people at an Air Force base saw a mysterious light. The next morning they went out. It was scaring the farm animals at a nearby farm, the whole nine yards. And they went out the next morning and found where something it looked like had landed. There were three impressions in the ground and burn marks and all this kind of stuff. Uh, not quite as dramatic as what happened in Pascagoula. Uh, But it's considered probably the biggest UFO case in the history of Britain uh, in terms of uh, the, the, uh, you know, credibility of it. 
Uh, what's interesting is that Air Force Base at the time was being used in part by the United States Air Force, you know, who also has Keesler. It's amazing how those dots start coming together as you really look around, which there have always been uh, a heightened number of UFO reports around uh, facilities involving anything to do with nuclear technology. What does that mean? I don't know. That's your problem. You figure it out. I'm just telling you the facts. Uh, you, you count them all up and plot them all out on a map, and they seem to cluster around nuclear reactors and nuclear weapons facilities and and things like that are where you see the, the most of them. But yeah, Rentlesham was... Uh, did they make a movie about that one? I don't remember. Uh, I know there are several documentaries about it. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a movie. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't shock me one bit either. But yeah, when when you start looking into it, it's really fascinating the number of reports that everybody just kind of said, oh, yeah, and then went on with their business. It's very interesting. But, you know, that's also human 2014, nature. the movie Hangar 10. Okay, okay. I didn't realize Hangar 10 was based on the Rendlesham thing. I've never seen Hangar 10. I need to go watch it now. I had no idea. Um, okay, two two stories I want to throw out here very quickly. Uh, they have released this morning the Fulton County Grand Jury recommendations that they issued back at the beginning of the year, who they said should be indicted. Uh, a few people on that list that were not actually indicted, including Lindsey Graham. The grand jury wanted him to be indicted. And the district attorney said, no, no, we don't have the evidence on that one. We're not, we're not doing that. Uh, David Perdue, former senator from Georgia, he was on the list. They said, you need to indict him. And said, no, no, not going after him either. So it's interesting that uh, uh, Michael Flynn, they recommended that he get indicted, and the DA there decided not to. She wasn't very discriminating. There's 19 co-defendants, counting former President Trump, which to me puts a slightly different complexion on this. If it was an all-out attack, why, why skip anybody? If you have documented by a grand jury vote in writing that they recommended that you also indict these people and these people you go, well, no, we're not going to go after them. Just these 19, I don't know, it just it, it adds a layer of complexity to this, to me anyway. The uh, other thing, James Carville. We all know who James Carville is, much to our detriment most days, but we do in fact know who James is. Uh, he was talking on CNN. They asked him about the latest polls that are out regarding President Biden. And uh, James Carville said, <laughs> quote, well, I guess to say the least, the polls were not great. The polls that we're talking about, 69% uh, of the Democrats polled said that Joe Biden is too old to serve another term as president. That's 69% of Democrats. It was 77% overall, 89% of Republicans. 69% of Democrats said, no, he's too old. We don't need him again. 
So when you have your one percentage point shy of 70% of your own voters going, look, dude, you passed your sell-by date. It's over. We need somebody else. You've got a problem. But here's what I was talking about. I was talking about this with you just a week or two ago when I was here. Our goal as Republicans, as conservatives, we should have one goal. One crystal clear goal. And that is, make sure it's a Republican with their hand on the Bible on January 20th, 2025, taking the oath of office. That's it. That's the goal. That's what we're shooting for. Nothing else. Not revenge. Not making sure we prove we were right. Not making sure we're supporting the right guy because we like him. When? That's what we need to try to do is win. And if they're going to put Scarecrow Joe up there and prop him up, when 69% of Democrats don't want to vote for him, the only thing that is going to motivate that crew to get out and go vote for Joe Biden is what? You tell me. What's going to be the only thing? They, because you have anybody else other than former President Trump. And again, I've said it a million times. Personally, I like President Trump. But I'm not looking at what I like. I'm not looking at what I think is right. I'm looking at whether or not I want to win or I want four more years of Democratic rule in the country, which ain't going too hot. So, does he give us the best chance to win? Because he is going to be the biggest motivator to get these people that don't care about Biden. They, 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 they are making it perfectly clear in polls. They don't like him. They don't want him. Just throwing this out here for discussion because I just feel like we're not focusing on our goal or what our goal should be. I would love to hear an argument as to why we should have a different goal than winning the election. I, I would love to hear that. What else are we shooting for during this election cycle? If it's not to win, why are we playing? This is not an exhibition match. They're keeping score. <laughs> you don't believe it. Tell me what the total is on your receipt when you go buy groceries. Trust me. We're all keeping score. Even James Carville is coming out. He said, one of the quotes from him says, quote, you can't look at this and not say that you're concerned. James Carville is the most Democrat-y Democrat to ever Democrat. And he's saying, I don't know, I'm looking at this. I'm not sure Biden's the guy. Biden, of course, is immediately responding to this, I'm sure, by looking at the fake camera they have set up to make him believe he's talking to the American people a lot more than they actually allow him to, and saying something about, yeah, I like pie. I remember back when I was a kid, uh, we, my mom made a, made, a, made, a, made, a, made a pumpkin pie, and sometimes I, I would actually, I, I would be messy eating it, and it would drop on my blonde leg hairs. And, and who knows? Just go off into the weeds somewhere, as usual. Something's got to change here. I am dreading the next election. 
the way everything's playing out. I am absolutely dreading it. It's going to be a mess at best. But when the Democrats and even the publicly visible Democrats are going, Yeah, Joe, I don't know. I ain't too sure about this. He's too old. Mm. Let let's let's not uh, let's not get in the way as they roll that out of control bicycle down the hill. Just my thought. Ceasefire text line, they're saying behind closed doors he's not mentally capable. They're saying that in front of closed doors. There are no doors in sight when they're saying that at this point. I don't even think that's a question anymore. Just my thought. Caleb Sailors coming up next. Keep it here. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. We're rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. On Super Talk Mississippi. Air guitar alert in effect. Absolutely. We have in studio with us live on Middays in the Element Well Studios, multimedia journalist and knows how to shred some air <laughs> molecules, Caleb Sailors. How you doing today, man? I'm good, Dave. Good to be here. Good to be with you. I'm used to being on with Gerard, and so it's nice to have a little, you know, change of scenery for once. Variety. Absolutely. I, I just feel like I'm like his side hustle now, Rhino. <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like I'm just, you know, the, the, the midlife crisis at this point. <laughs> I'm gonna go have a little fun with Dave, and then yeah, back to business. Course. Yeah, okay. See yeah, then, then back to the newsroom. Yeah, then back to the newsroom, doing doing the incredible job that you do. You do a great job. I think I was doing a better job with my air guitar skills. I've actually been on. I go to all the home games at Ole Miss, and they've done air guitar. Like who can do the best uh, impression? I think actually. The last time I was on the big screen was at a Memphis Grizzlies game, an NBA game. They were doing you know, best air guitar challenge. I was on there. I didn't win, but I was on there. I was honorable mention. So, so it was rigged. Well, That's yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't trust their vetting and process of of choosing who won the contest. But it wasn't me. So it is what it is. I uh, I'll accept the results. It's the Grizzlies staff. Who can trust them? Yeah. Well, it was also like a seven year old kid that won it too. So I was doomed to begin with. Oh yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, there was no chance. Ages. You may have a lawsuit possibility here. Possibly. Me and the Memphis Grizzlies will go at it. We'll, we'll battle that out in court later on, they, later date. They could have given you mesothelioma <laughs> as a result Asbestos of that. Asbestos, too. Yes, I'm telling you, there's a lot of potential problems here. It Absolutely. could be a paycheck in this. A uh, lot of stuff going on, as Absolutely. always. Uh, hit some of the high points for us. What you got? Biggest story, um, upcoming story, Bucky's <laughs> set to break ground in Mississippi next week on Tuesday You know, on, in Harris. County, uh, located off I-10, uh, is expected to create about 200 jobs, which is good for the local economy. But and good paying jobs, good paying too. jobs. Yes, Bucky's pays very well. We've all seen the flyers, but it'll be cool for Mississippi to have the first ever Bucky's too. And for those of you who don't know what Bucky's is, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've been several times, one in Alabama and several in Texas, but it's like. 
if you imagine Walmart, but like super clean and super nice, but a convenience store slash gas station. That's what it is. But again, super clean, super nice, and they make their own food. Their the brisket and barbecue is incredible, and everything else there is awesome. And they have a beaver mascot, which is kind of intimidating when you see it live, but it's really cool. So yeah, Bucky's will break ground next week. It's uh, uh, picture this if you've never been to a Bucky's. Picture if the Walt Disney Corporation decided they wanted to get into the convenience store business. This is what they would build. Yes, the Bucky Beaver is the Mickey Mouse of convenience store uh, mascots. But we've got more serious news. I'm sorry, I'm trying to get that mental image out of my mind now. (laughs) Maybe we can get like a collaboration of Mickey Mouse and Bucky the Beaver together. Like we need that. I need to find a picture of that. Maybe one exists. We'll we'll see. I'll look that up at another time. Mickey Beaver. Yes. Oh, that would be awesome. Bucky Mouse. On a more serious note, though, the um, you know, with Shawaski Young withdrawing from the Secretary of State race, you know, he had a hypertensive crisis, had a health issue, had to spend the night in the hospital, and thankfully he's doing okay now. But he withdrew, you know, from the election or from the race, prioritizing his health. And, and good for him, by yeah, the way. And Shawaski's a great guy. We've we've talked to him several times in the newsroom and stuff. He's a super nice guy, and I wish him the best in every all of his endeavors. And I'm. Hopeful that he remains in good health and everything. So, Democrat uh, Party has uh, selected Ty Pinkins, who's a 21-year decorated Army veteran. He um, was he's running for Senate against Roger Wicker. It's kind of unclear if he's going to continue pursuing that. If he lo- I mean, if, obviously, if he wins, if he defeats incumbent Michael Watson, then wouldn't make sense for him to continue pursuing that Senate seat. So, who knows on that front? But. Uh, the state board of election commissioners still has to approve of Pinkins, but it's looking like they probably will. There's no reason for them not to, and um, but he'll be challenging incumbent Secretary of State Michael Watson in the November 7 general elections. He also served as a White House communications aide, and it said that he was in both Republican and Democratic offices trying to push that he can work in bi- bipartisanly in Mississippi because you're going to have to if you. You are a Democrat Secretary of State. You'll have to work, presumably, with a lot of Republicans in those positions. You know, the main offices right now, like governor, you know, that's still up in the balance. So presumably, though, you'll be working with a lot of Republicans and then a Republican supermajority legislature. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to need to push that. You know, I, I can work across the aisle. Yeah, you don't have a chance otherwise. No, absolutely. And then other news, sad news, sad news. Uh, Mike Griffin, a retired Mississippi Bureau of Investigation agent, uh, passed away. He was helping, assisting someone in a car accident uh, off Highway 6 in Senatobia. Vehicle rolled on top of him and killed. Just a freak thing. Just really, really awful, tragic. Well, Governor Tate Reeves has declared tomorrow, Saturday, as a day of mourning uh, for Griffin. And flags on all state buildings will be flown half-staff from sunrise to sunset. And it's just tragic. It's sad when any of those things happen because we hear about, you know, officers dying in the line of duty. Usually it's shooting or violence, et cetera. But when it's just something like this, I mean, there's really no one to blame, no one to be upset with. You're just kind of like, it it just happens. Yeah, but uh, this does illustrate the point that I 
think we soft sell the risk to yeah. law enforcement officers in regards to putting their life on the line. <laughs> Every we day. heard that phrase all the time, uh, which is 100% true, but it's more true than most people realize it is because it's not just some guy with a gun or some sort of problem coming up or some sort of drug dealer and yeah. getting into an altercation. Sometimes freak things can happen. Being a good Samaritan. Yes. Mm. And, and just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that, and that can happen to anybody. I yes. mean, it, it could have been you and, or me, you know, pulling off to the side of the road, wanting to do something nice to help somebody out and then dying as a result of it. It's not like one of those no good deed goes unpunished deals because it was just a freak accident. Just really, really sad story. Another sad story, too. This one was really tragic. Uh, 95-year-old man named Cecil Ivey was visiting his wife, 92-year-old Lois Ivey, at Baptist uh, Hospital in Jackson. He shot and killed his wife. Uh, she was old, dying. Kind of the rationale behind it was putting her out of her misery. And he went in another room after he shot her around 2 o'clock in the morning, then went and shot himself. Didn't immediately die. He died the next day. Fortunately, no staffers, nobody else at the hospital was injured. Now, I bet people were traumatized. I mean, I could imagine. I mean, working in a hospital as a doctor or a nurse, you have to kind of endure a lot to begin with, but that's next level. I mean, a man shooting his wife and shooting himself in your facilities, that's one of those things. Baptists did say that they're going to have stricter security. They'll be monitoring things. Their hospital's still open. People can still visit their loved ones and everything and go to their appointments, but there'll be stricter security. They'll be checking and monitoring for things like that because, I mean, if someone could just walk in the hospital with a gun, that's kind of a dangerous situation. But also in this case, it was a, a, an unfortunate illustration of what happens when you finally reach the point where you have lost all hope. Absolutely. Which is the danger of the nonstop 24 stay angry mm-hmm. doom porn that we are yeah. just, just bombarded with every day. That wasn't the case here, mm-hmm. but... That's the kind of thing it can lead to, and you hate to hear that kind of story. And there, and, and of course, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But you can you can look at this and be like, there's other ways to go about like channeling your grief, channeling your emotions. You don't go into a hospital and shoot somebody, albeit his intentions seemed pure. I guess you don't go in the hospital and shoot and put down your wife, and then put down yourself. No, no matter how old you are, I get you're in your nineties and you you're closer to kicking the bucket than further away from it. But still, I just. Very tragic story, though, and, and my, my prayers are with the family of those involved in the hospital staff that had to deal with that, too. I mean, imagine treating this man after he shoot. I mean, it's just one of those one of those crazy and, and sad and tragic stories. Another interesting story that took place last night in Mississippi, uh, Shaw High School was playing a game against uh, Rosa Fort, and the team was down 24 to nothing at halftime. Well, Players on the Shaw High School football team got into a fight with each other. Yeah, the other team was not involved. No, no, Rosa Fort wasn't. They're probably just eating popcorn from the concessions and watching it all unravel. Well, the school district fired the entire coaching staff. I mean, they cleaned house, said, you're, bye-bye, you're gone. Uh, the head coach's name was uh, Montrelli Franklin. He was gone. Whole staff was gone. I can imagine being like a strength and conditioning coach, being like, why the heck am I getting fired? I, I didn't do anything. Which leads me to believe that there has been, I haven't seen any more information from this, leads me to believe there have been other issues within that program and things that brewed, or it could have just been really, really bad. I wasn't there last night, so I didn't see it physically. But it had to be really bad for them just to be like, yeah, no, we're cutting ties. They've already named a replacement head coach, and you and I talked off the record about this earlier. Eric Henry named head coach. 
what the heck is he doing? I don't know. They've canceled everything. everything. Their practices are canceled. On, any on-campus activities are canceled. Games are canceled for the Conditioning is canceled. Everything. So this guy is just, I guess he's just sitting there collecting a paycheck. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe he's trying to assemble a staff. Maybe he's trying to figure things out, pick up the pieces. But how do you move forward from there? Because we're like early in the high school football. I know you had Lance Tolbert on earlier. I love Lance. Great guy. And he's done a fantastic job producing. But... um talking about the high school football games coming up. Like, what do you do with that? I don't, I don't know where you go. And real quick, I know I hear the music. Before we go, we've got uh, some big college football this weekend. Ole Miss in a top 25 match against Tulane. Mississippi State hosting Arizona. Southern Miss at Florida State. God bless the Golden Eagles. And then Jackson State takes on Southern, trying to get revenge from losing to Florida A&M last weekend. C Spire text line has named this segment for us. Uh-oh. Said, I've heard of good things with Rebecca Turner. Is this bad things with Caleb Sailors? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, try, I brought in Bucky's, and I'm talking about college football now. Bucky's was all you had, man. The I, mean, I got college was... football, and I'll be in New Orleans tomorrow watching the Rebels, too. And you can keep up with all of our coverage, too, at supertalk.fm and Sports Talk. From 3 to 6, you'll hear all your college football fix. Thanks, Caleb. Those are good things. Everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Middays in the Element Wealth Studios. You can go to myelementwealth.com or call 601-957-6006. That's 6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. I'm really I'm just gonna throw this out here. Nobody is gonna care. I'm gonna get two responses. I realize that. I'm gonna ask you the same question I just asked Rhino during the break. So uh, which one should I get, Baldur's Gate 3 or Starfield? I, I'm, I'm going to my hive mind, the greatest brain on the planet, which is the C Spire text line. I, I stand by that opinion. The C Spire text line can solve any problems. Artificial intelligence doesn't have a chance compared to the text line. I, I have the ultimate faith in both of the people that will respond or even know what I'm talking about. And we'll go with it from there. <sighs> yeah. Um, several things that, uh, and I'm, I'm having to go around and look just to make sure that nothing is breaking, as is usually the case during this show. It seems like every day something breaks. We had Peter Navarro, uh, who got convicted on contempt of Congress. Uh, it's a little bit of an iffy one because, you know, the executive privilege thing, I, I, I suspect that may get overturned, that ruling, uh, at the appeals court level because the judge that was hearing the case yesterday ruled from the bench that executive privilege was not only applicable, it was the perfect defense for a contempt of Congress charge. And then he said, yeah, but not in this case. Yeah, the appeals court, every single one of them is going to have one eyebrow up as they're reading through this court transcript. I, I really think that one's going to get overturned. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, 
Peter Navarro. This to me falls under the heading of I can make fun, I are one. He's a bit of a jerk. That's just his personality. That's who he is. He's an effective jerk, but he's a jerk. But at the same time, did you see the the two dingbat protesters that kept bothering him? They bothered him at a press conference on a sidewalk on Wednesday. And then after the conviction yesterday, the same two were there. They have whistles that they're blowing. They're continually chanting and laughing and carrying on. On Wednesday, he couldn't get through a sentence because they kept interrupting him. And finally, he said, and I'm very accurate, and this is where sometimes what you need is a jerk. That's why I identified him as such. Because on Wednesday, best line I've heard in a while at a press conference, he said, you know, I think it's a shame that I can't come out here and have a conversation and say what I want to say to the American people without this clown with a whistle and this witch with a broom behind me interrupting me. She was holding a sign. Just just kind of right in their face, just kind of going after them. And, of course, they were, yeah. It's because they crave attention. So even negative attention is still attention. Yes, yes. They, they don't care what kind of attention. They just want the attention. I mean, your brain kind of has to be broken in a, in a very specific way to be one of those kind of activists. Well, that's like the ones at the U.S. Open last night. Did you see that, the climate activists? They is that inter- the guy that glued his feet to the... Yes. To the, yeah. Yeah, him and, and two women that were with him. NYPD actually said they arrested four people. I don't know who the fourth one was, but uh, the the two girls, to be fair, when security came down and said, knock it off, the two girls said, okay, and got up and walked off. But Captain High IQ had taken his shoes off and glued his bare feet to the concrete so they couldn't make him leave. Guess what? They made him leave. So that worked well. But they interrupted it. It was like 50-minute pause, chanting about how evil oil is, and we have to do away with it, and I guess I'll go squat in a cave and gnaw tree bark. That, that's what we need to do to have a successful life. We can't do anything else, or we're destroying the planet. Honey, you ain't that good. None of us are. The, my favorite irony of all of it is seeing them sit down in the middle of a road wearing those bright, high-vis vests that are made of petroleum products. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they were they were wearing screen printed t-shirts. Oh, here's a little notification for you. Without petroleum products, that ain't happening either. Okay, so far it's a tie. There's my two. Chris the mailman said Starfield. Stephen Gulfport said definitely Boulders Gate 100%. So we're at one and one. Hoping that I undersold it and I actually get three responses to which one I should get to break the tie. But we'll we'll see. <laughs> Thomas, it was an exfoliating experience. <laughs> well, I think uh, I, I I don't know about that. I think it may have hurt any chances of a musical career because I'm pretty sure after they ripped him up off the concrete, that boy ain't got no soul on either foot. How bad do you have to be at planning that that's your master stroke? 
I'm going to glue my feet to the floor. They'll never be able to get me out. This, this is your supervillain level genius idea. But again, again, we're not talking about the brightest people on the planet. At first, I thought you don't really want to put your bare feet on any stadium floor. But then I was thinking, ah, the U.S. Open, probably the one of the ones with the cleaner stadium where you would be better suited to put your bare feet on the floor. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's very clean. It's uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium, very well kept, largest tennis stadium in the world. Uh, and they do a good job with it. I mean, it is, you know, in still New York. Still a stadium. And it's still in New York, so yeah, take, take, you know, take your chances as you want to. But that never entered into his mind as a consideration. But this is what happens when we promote a culture of everybody needs to fight about everything, and more importantly, everybody's opinion is valid and deserves to be heard. No, some people are just dumb. Some people need to be quiet. Some people need to follow the old adage uh, about children back in the day that they should be seen and not heard. And some of you, we don't even want to see. Oh, we can't say things like that, though. We're going to hurt somebody's feelings. <laughs> it's the most important thing on the planet right now is everybody's feelings. Are you feeling okay? Everything, everything good? I didn't startle you, did I? I'm trying to talk low. <sighs> this, this is a major part of the problem. Not that people are like this. We have always had a subsection of the population of humanity that were like this. This is not new. Everybody looks at it and says, oh, well, look how bad things have gotten. No, they've always been this bad. We just started paying attention. And, and with the advent of social media, they are able to organize much easier. Because these same crazy people used to have to put a flyer on the corkboard at the local library and just hope somebody within a 60-mile radius went to the library and felt the same way and looked at the corkboard. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the only chance you had of finding another lunatic with the same outrageous, stupid ideas that you have. And then you wind up, and eventually it's three people that show up. It's potluck, and everybody brought chips. And you hang out for 30 minutes, then you go your separate ways because you realize you don't want to hang around these people who obviously are not mentally balanced. Never realizing that you yourself, well, you gave them the same impression. Used to, that was the organizational ability for these kind of people. Now they can all get together, but what I think has made it worse, yes, they can push it out there, they can let their voices be heard, they can, they can spread their message and make sure that they gather everybody together, gather their troops. And then, so many people right now, here's where I think the biggest mistake is, give them validity. They... they, they I don't want to go so far as to say authorize them, but that's kind of the effect that it has to continue doing this nonsense and saying these things and acting this way in public. Validation is what they're getting, and it's the last thing they need, because the more you give them, it's a bottomless pit. The more 
they're going to want. And the only way to get more is to ramp it up another notch and another notch and another notch. Yeah, you got to do really two things. You have to outthink them, which isn't that difficult, and find a way to outthink them while ignoring them. Yes. I mean, what do you think happened to Westboro Baptist? Yep. They got outthought, and then they started getting ignored. As a matter of fact, that's the first time I've heard their name mentioned in quite a while. For that exact reason. You're exactly right. So, uh, goes back to what I keep saying. We need to go back to the old adage, good fences make good neighbors. Mind your business. Make sure everybody else minds theirs. A lot of these bumps suddenly smooth out. Otherwise, you wind up finding yourself standing barefoot in New York. And that's not an end to anyone's path that I would wish upon them. We continue live from the Element Well Studios on Middays next. Days with Gerard. Good for America. Good for fans of justice and truth. Good for us. Super Talk Mississippi. This is what we stand for. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Today is officially Star Trek Day. Either that or Rhino's casting his vote for me to get Starfield. I can't tell. <laughs> Could be either one. Welcome back. Middays in the Element Well Studios. Dave Hughes here. Uh, it is Star Trek Day. I think there's only two of the original seven left kicking, isn't there? I think it's just two. Well, Shatner's still around. So Shatner and uh, Sulu. Takai. Yeah. I think that's the only two left. Nichelle Nichols passed away. Everybody else was long gone. So, yeah, I think I think those two are it that are left behind from the original Star Trek. But uh, go, go find you some Star Trek shirt, or if you're feeling brave, put on a red shirt and drive around for a while. It's not going to end well. Just thought I'd tell you that. Uh, I can't believe you and I both missed this. C Spire text line. Once again, I will put the text line up against any artificial intelligence on the planet. Said that guy was so worried about fossil fuel, he used super glue, a chemical, to glue his feet to the floor. Your master plan involved using the thing you demand we stop using. You dingbat. That's a very good point. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Is Chekhov still alive? Walter Koenig? He might be. I don't know. He could be. If so, it'd be three of the seven. I know. Yes, he's still kicking. Okay. So I, I know uh, DeForest Kelly. I think he was the first one to leave. Uh, Leonard D. Moy is long gone. Uh, uh, James Doohan. Scotty. They never, anywhere in the original series... At no point did anyone say, beam me up, Scotty. Became a catchphrase, but was never actually used on the show. And Nichelle Nichols, those are the four that have passed away. We're down to three. You just know somewhere there's a prop bet on who's going to be the last one. 
You you know some bookie is running odds on that. Only because I know that episode am I laughing. Somebody, Jerry says, look up the Carbonite Maneuver. It's an old Star Trek sequel to star, uh, episode that starred Mitch McConnell as a prop. <laughs> Big, round, wide, unblinking eyes. Yeah, I, I know exactly the, what you're talking about. <sighs> Where is the thing that I just saw that I wanted to... Oh, uh, talking about Navarro... Somebody texted in, and I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt and assume that you didn't hear the entirety of what I was saying. They texted in and said, didn't realize being a jerk was a criminal offense in this country. Who knew? Well, I said his conviction was going to be overturned, in my opinion, at the appeals court, and that sometimes you need a good jerk that comes in handy. So I'm not sure where the sarcasm came from, but I hopefully you're enjoying it. That's all we can hope most days. Another vote for uh, Baldur's Gate. Chris the Mailman, who suggested Starfield, said, You should trust me more. I work for the government. Wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to mention it, Chris, but now that you bring it up, that's a problem. You know what? The We have uh, two shortages going on right now. Do you know what they are? I bet you don't. I do not. Laxatives and electric transformers. Now, I, I I cannot, even me, I cannot come up with a way that those two are connected. But we have, according to the Wall Street Journal, we have a laxative shortage in America right now. That's a straight poop. Apparently, we're overusing them or something. I don't know. But also... Transformers Magazine, not not Optimus Prime, electrical Transformers like you have up on the pole. Autobots, it, roll out. <laughs> As hurricane season is grinding away in full gear, uh, apparently several different companies, including Ermco, which is one of the manufacturers, suppliers of Transformers, uh said that whatever supplies you've got may be it for now. Said normally it's a four-week turnaround between a manufacturer getting an order and providing the new Transformers. According to the CEO of the Susquatchy Valley Electric Cooperative, uh, it's now a 52 to 56 week wait between ordering a Transformer and getting one in. So what you got on hand is probably what you're going to have. For so, at least the next year. So if we have a big hurricane blow through, guess what? If we have several of them, well, this could be a problem because that could lead to weeks upon weeks before they could get your power back. I mean, don't get me wrong. Do not underestimate the people that work at the power companies and the linemen. They'll figure something out. But that and laxatives. I don't know. Fox News, Super Talk Mississippi News up next. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. 
here on Super Talk Mississippi. would like to request that time slow down a little bit during the breaks because every time we get into a good conversation the music starts. I don't know. Welcome back Middays live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes here. <sighs> yeah, that's a good idea on the bumpers. We'll tell Gerard when he's here. Uh, let's see here. What else? Eat some prunes. Yeah, that'll work. Like my buddy Chris, his suggestion for the guy at the U.S. Open last night said should have left him glued to the ground and poured syrup on his feet for the ants. Was it a car show in Europe where the protesters glued themselves to the floor and they just turned off the lights and left them there? Yes. Just go home. Make sure to take your foot and nudge their drink just out of reach so they can still see it. You don't want to just remove it because out of sight, out of mind. You want them to be thirsty and see the drink right there. Not quite be able to reach it. Was that an evil thing to say? I hope nah. so. Oh, darn. i got to work on it harder than <laughs> I'm doing the best I can, man. Doing the best I can. Uh, so, yeah. We have, and, and somebody on the ceasefire text line uh, made a... Uh, a great point about the transformer shortage that it's all the natural disasters. Yeah, well, that's that's contributing. Yeah, I mean, we just had how did the, how did the council finally decide we were pronouncing the name of the hurricane that hit the Big Bend area in Florida? Is it Idalia, Idalia, Adalia? I heard all of them. I'm sticking with Idalia. Yeah, Idalia, Idalia. I I literally started referring to it as Old Dahlia. Just avoid the problem completely. But that one just went in, tore up a lot. of. They had tens and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people without power. It took a lot of resources to get that back up. This is something you don't ever think about, though. Uh, we did get another message on the ceasefire text line from Curtis down in Biloxi, who said, have you ever heard a transformer blow up? You won't need a laxative, trust me. It's a pretty big boom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll get your attention. I've heard them go, and it's like, what, what was that? Are the at-ats coming? What's happening? So, yeah, it'll get your attention. But, yeah. Okay, apparently Bobby and Batesville said it's pronounced Edalia. I think he's making the joke, Edalia, to tell me it's pronounced Edalia. Even better. I'm sorry. I misread that, Bobby. You had a perfectly good joke, and I ruined it. That, by the way, pretty much my modus operandi. But, yeah, you, you had a good one. That was very good. <sighs> so just keep that in mind if we see it, because we're not out of the woods yet in terms of the, the peak of hurricane season. Hurricane Lee out there is proving that right now. Uh, we could still have one or two pop up. I certainly hope not. But... At some point, we may start hearing about longer delays getting your power back on 
if the transformers are shot and we don't have replacements. Most places have stockpiles. They have, they have their supply built up and ready to go. So it's a more of a long-term problem, I would think. But just wanted to make you aware of it. I ran across that and said, what? You haven't heard anything about that. Now, we spend all of our time talking about less consequential things, and if you think some of the things that get discussed are less consequential than whether or not your air conditioner is working, welcome to the South. Have a good time. Yeah, doing a little Googling, it seems like the shortage has just been snowballing, because from T&D World, July 2022, they're giving an update on the transformer supply chain and shortage. Really? So that's the best part. It's not even new. It's just apparently, even if it's not getting worse, it's not getting better for sure, if they were talking about it last year. But I have heard nothing about that. I have not heard that anywhere. We're running in the wrong circles. Yes, obviously we're not hanging out with the right people. Got to re-up my subscription to T&D World. (laughs) Transmission and distribution. It really is fascinating stuff. Not going to lie. But then again, you know, I can I can get interested in, in a stick in the yard if you give me half a chance. I, I'm interested in everything, always have been. But it is fascinating how all of that works because, let's face it, most of us don't know how any of that works. We think we do. We may have a decent general idea, but we, we don't really know. We just flip the switch and the light comes on, and if it doesn't, we start complaining until it does. And that's pretty well the extent of our knowledge of it. But it is uh, it is interesting, so just keep that in mind. I'll bet you won't hear another word about this after I'm done talking about it. It's going to vanish right back into the ether. It's just not... Something that anybody has cared to discuss, apparently. The laxative shortage, that story's running through the streets. I wonder if that had anything to do with the Delta flight that got turned around. I was just about to ask that question. Because that was apparently running down the aisle. To the point where it created a biohazard. Yes. Yes, when the tacos are so good, they create a biohazard that forces the plane to turn around. That's how you know you're doing it right. Uh, let's see here. Oh, um, bah, bah, bah. Florida Supreme Court's currently hearing arguments in the challenge to their 15-week abortion ban. This will be interesting. They're, they're hearing that today, right now. But I have a story that I want to, uh, well, I'll do it in the next segment because I want to give this a couple of minutes. This is something that, again, you probably haven't heard of. You may have picked up on my theme for the day here. Uh, There is a Mississippi University that is involved in an international research project slash wildlife hunt that I, I want to make sure we give them some attention and give the details on the search for the clown wedge fish. Spoilers, I could tease this along, I could be smart about it. It's USM, the University of Southern Mississippi, which has an excellent 
marine biology department. You need your cow fixed, you go to state. You need to sue somebody because your cow was broken, you go to Ole Miss. You want to mess with the fish or polymers, eh, you go to USM. Everybody has their specialty. Everybody has their area where they are clearly top of the charts, best of the best. Marine biology, you don't hear a lot about it, but I would say this story catapults USM to the category of being a world-class institution in that department. You don't go looking when you have something and you're trying to find someone to come help you. You don't go find the fifth best. You don't go searching around from halfway around the planet and go, well, who's number 12 on the list? Let's see if they'll help. No. No. You go to the best. So, yeah, I want to give them full props, so we're going to do that in the next segment. I, I, we did have somebody on the ceasefire text line from the 601 ask, where are our Transformers manufactured? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, according to TND World, the majority of them are made in the U.S., but they require, what is it, there's a percentage they gave. Yeah, the U.S. is 82% reliant upon imports of materials to manufacture Transformers. Oh, okay, so it's the raw materials. We make them here, but the stuff you make them from comes from other places. They also went on to say that the average age of installed large Transformers in the U.S. is about 40 years. Oh, nice. Which is towards the end of their expected operational life. But still, you're getting a lot of goodie out of them. If you're, if you're making it 40 years on a Transformer, that's pretty good. I would think, anyway, my completely uneducated opinion, 40 years sounds great. What do you have that has lasted 40 years? I think there's a cast iron skillet in my kitchen that's well over 40 years, but that might be the only thing I own that's that old. And that's literally just a hunk of metal. It has two functions. I say that, but I also have original Nintendo games, and they're approaching 40, if not already. Yeah, yeah. Do you have to blow into them more now that they're this old? Or? I haven't actually plugged it in since I moved. I so I wouldn't try to bump them on anything to get them, get them clear and working. That's uh, It's one bump and you're done. Just curious. You might want to try that just for fun. Report back. How many puffs into the Nintendo cartridge did it take before it finally registered and turned on and loaded the game? I averaged about five back in the day, and mine was new. So, yeah, you'll be fine. We will continue when we come back. Big props for USM as we continue on Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios on a Friday. Keep it here. I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight. We interrupt this program. Gerard Gibbert. Here we go. This is huge, 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 huge news. Huge, huge, huge. You need to listen to this. Middays with Gerard. Super Talk, Mississippi. Middays live in the Element Wealth Studios. Super Talk, Mississippi. Dave Hughes here. And thanks to everybody on the Ceasefire text line again. Text line, greatest hive mind on the planet, I think. I really, really believe that. Uh, all of them pointing out that Howard Industries in Laurel uh, makes a lot of Transformers. So, yeah, 
Very good. In other words, the uh, question we got, where are the Transformers made? Right here, baby. Right here. you got to like that. I love it. Uh, that leads in nicely to the story that I was talking about before the break, because Laurel, Hattiesburg, USM, that area, we're, we're apparently focused on that today, which is great, because I love it. Still have good friends there. And again, keep in mind, I, th I think I'm the only one in the building. I'm a USM homer. I attended classes there. I, I, I've been on the campus many a times. Trust me, I'm very familiar and a big fan of USM. So, yeah, I kind of stand out here. But multinational research team from Indonesia, Australia, and the United States looking for the clown wedge fish. Now, the best thing I have ever heard in my life, this fish has never been seen in the wild by anyone who recorded it. They only know it exists because people keep walking up on them at fish markets in Singapore. Laying out on the table to buy and take home and fry up. Uh, somebody with some marine biology training walked by and said, the heck is that? And that started the ball rolling. Well, they have no idea. They have talked to, uh, apparently, some of the fishermen that have brought them in. You know, it's net fishing. You throw the net out, whatever it pulls up, you take it in, sell it by the pound. That, that's how they make their living. They're not checking. They're not paying attention. Which does lead me to wonder how they know it's the, if not uh, the most, one of the most endangered fish species on the planet. There could be 12 billion of them. We don't know. All you've seen were the ones out for sale. So, they decide to uh, go looking for this. It's researchers from an Indonesian university, from Charles Darwin University, and the University of Southern Mississippi that are involved in this. Specifically, now keep, keep in mind that everybody has a part to play in this. How did USM get involved with a search for a, a mystery fish in the waters off of the islands around Indonesia? How, how does that connection happen? USM's associate professor, Dr. Nicole Phillips, and graduate student, Emma Humphreys, there's a resume builder, by the way, being part of this, uh, went and trained the team in targeted environmental DNA water sampling. I'm not sure I could spell that without looking at it, much less, you know, do it. But that's what they brought USM for in for. That's what people from USM, that's how they got involved in this. And it's really exactly what it sounds like. They go and take water samples, check it for DNA. They have some, because I guess they dropped a few shekels at the fish market. So they had some DNA from the clown wedge fish. And now they're checking it, because as fish are, you know, going about their fishy business, they're shedding scales, they're dropping DNA in the water, so they're checking to find the DNA, trying to find the home waters of this fish. That is really cool. It really is. Uh, so those water samples are now going to be screened. They collected uh, 100 samples from 33 sites around the island. 
and they're checking to see if they can find it. But this does speak to something else to me. I mean, number one, USM is awesome. That that just kind of underlines that point. I already knew that, but it, it kind of you know gets the highlighter out and scribbles over it a few times. USM is awesome. Uh, but it illustrates something else. We have this rock-solid certainty that we know everything there is to know. We got everything figured out. Man, it's, we are so smart now. Wins is so intelligent now. Oh, we were stupid before, but now we yeah, we got a handle on. We're eating fish we didn't even know what they were. I mean, when's the last time you went to the grocery store to the butcher counter and said, give me some meat? And they said, what kind? And you said, I don't know. You got anything nobody's identified yet? I'll take some of that. This world, this planet, and everything on it, including humanity, we know a lot less than we like to pretend we know. We continually find things that we can't explain, that we don't understand. And that's going to continue. You know, the old joke, the running joke is, NASA started trying to explore underwater deep in the oceans and said, no, we'll just tackle space, that's easier. There, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there on this planet we have no idea. Which really should be humbling a little bit. It should, you know, let a little bit of the air out of the tire inflated by hubris that we're using to motor around on. It doesn't, though. You also have to remember that at one point we thought the sun orbited the Earth, and you could be put to death if you disagreed with that, because we were rock solid. That, that was settled. That, that was rock solid locked in. This is a fact. I don't know if you heard uh, Paul this morning. He was talking. He had found a story. 30-something percent of Russians still believe the sun orbits the Earth. Right now, today, right this minute. We get so caught up into convincing ourselves that our beliefs are rock-solid certainties and not theories and hypotheses that we miss out on some really good stuff. But you also have people running around thinking the world is flat and birds aren't real. Yeah. <sighs> Which, if I'm not mistaken, both of those began as jokes and have taken on a life of their own. Well, we had the story last week, the, uh, the uh, parody website, Hire a Hitman, it comes up in the news every so often because somebody... Go, if you go and read this website, it is the most hysterical thing you have ever seen. The, the guy supposedly that owns it is named Guido. I mean, it is so on the nose, it's ridiculous. And people keep going uh, for two different reasons. Had another one caught last week. Woman tried to hire a hitman through hireahitman.com, which talks on the website that they are HIPAA compliant, the Hitman International Personal Protection Act that requires them to keep your information. I mean, hey, it's that ridiculous. And people still, and these stories keep hitting the media, and people still keep going to this thing. But not just to hire Hitman. 
they, they also have people sending in their application and resume to join the staff as a hitman at hireahitman.com. Of course, this guy set this up as a joke originally. Read an interview with him. Set it up as a joke. Just having fun, just goofing off, thought it would be hysterical, and then he started getting people actually trying to give him money to go get people killed. So he did what any logical person would do, called the FBI and said, I got this, I'm turning this over to you, I'm going to shut this website down. I, uh, this is not my intention, it was a joke. And the FBI said, um, about that shutting it down thing. And they've kept it going, and he's got open lines of communication, and they just keep catching people. I just wonder the legality of, could he accept payment and then turn them over? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit more of a sticky wicket, I think. But, got off into that to illustrate what you're talking about. A lot of people believe stupid stuff. What happens when you believe stupid stuff? You wind up getting yourself in trouble. When you have your blinders on to the ridiculous extent that you ignore any and all possible hints or evidence that what you think isn't correct, such as, oh, hireahitman.com, they're good people, and you wind up in trouble. Don't let your beliefs get in the way of reality. I think that's the underlying message there. I'm not quite sure how we got to hire a hitman from two USM marine biology experts training people in Indonesia how to catch mystery fish, but here we are. Work back around to that before we go into the break. To me, that's a feather in the cap of the marine biology department at USM. Great. Fantastic. And I still firmly believe that this now qualifies them, they were already qualified, but firmly qualifies them to refer to themselves as the world-renowned marine biology department at USM. They're in Indonesia helping people lick the water to see if it tastes like clown wedge fish. That, that qualifies you as a world-renowned expert, I think. But I'm biased. Gerard Gibbert, going beyond the headlines, breaking down the stories that matter to Mississippi. Middays with Gerard on Super Talk Mississippi. My already critically low level of hope just took a hit. Because just out of curiosity, because we're discussing it. And what prompted it is, uh, we, we talked about 30-something percent of the people in Russia believe the sun goes around the earth. And then somebody replied, said 30% of Americans think Joe Biden is doing a good job, which is pretty close to the actual poll numbers, yeah. That sounds like hyperbole, but that's about where we're at right now. When you survey all registered voters, yeah, it's about 30% say, hey, he's doing a great job, keep it up. The other 70% is going, nah, 
No, not at all. So that led me to do something that never fails to depress me. I went to Google, and I typed in, how many people believe the sun orbits the Earth? The top result is a poll that was conducted back in 2014. I'm pretty sure they got so depressed they just have never asked again. The National Science Foundation surveyed 2,200 people in the United States and asked the question, among others, does the Earth go around the sun or does the sun go around the Earth? And 26% of Americans said, oh, well, the sun goes around the Earth. So the number of people that think the sun orbits the Earth is comparable to the number of people that think Joe Biden's doing a good job as president. I would suspect if you take and make a Venn diagram out of those two groups, there's going to be significant overlap. I, I really think there's, uh, there's going to be a sliver that isn't overlapping between those two groups, if I had to guess. Might be wrong. <sighs> Only 66% of people, so 24% in a European Union poll in 2005, 24% then in Europe said the sun orbits the earth. Now, I do want to make sure that we illustrate this. I do want to make sure that we, we point this out. This is what we're dealing with. When, when you are mind-blown by some of the things that people say and people do and the actions they take and the beliefs they hold and the stances they hold dear and to their heart, when you're amazed and stupefied as you watch this unfold, remember this fact. Over a quarter of the people, the last time scientists found the will to live enough to ask, over a quarter, 26%, said the sun goes around the earth. This is what we're dealing with. I Personally, and correct me if, if I'm reading this wrong, right now, if I'm reading too much into this, that tells me that a quarter of the population of planet earth are stupid. No, that's pretty much dead on. I think it might even be a lowball number. I, I think it probably is, because that's just one question in one subject area. You branch out into other things, like grammar. I see your Facebook posts. There are different spellings of the word there, and they all mean different things. Just want to point that out to you. So, yeah, I think it's a lowball number. But It's different if you get hung up on something like rain, talking about something a king does, versus rain, something you... Uh, steer a horse with those could be confusing especially if you're trying to use it like reining in something which one which one am i talking about yes here? there there are some understandable ones there are some tricky ones uh if you want to visibly see someone's blood pressure go up use the wrong effect or effect in front of me that one just gets under my skin but these are and this is a a great text on the ceasefire text line says and the sad thing is these are registered voters a lot of them yes this is what we're dealing with this is not 
you know, hackery. This is not trying to influence anybody. This is not trying to stir up a big problem. No, this is just dealing with facts. Quarter of the people out there are dumb. And again, I think Rhino's right. It's a lowball number. I do have a question for the text line as I've been giving this story out. One, no identifying factors of any kind. Did somebody you know pop in your head while we're having this conversation? <laughs> Not going to get a lot of no's on that, I don't think. Because you know. You realize you talk to people all day. Good people. But some of them. <sighs> and what we have to remember. I'm getting close to getting into dangerous territory here, but... It's Friday. I'm up here, you know, every month or two. So, yeah. uh, you have to remember some basic facts. If you're going to build a house and you want to build the best house possible, you want it to be sturdy. You want a place for the hot tub to go. You want to make sure that there's a stackable washer and dryer space right there in the utility room. You want everything to be exactly the way you want it to be laid out. And a quarter of the materials you use are styrofoam. How well is that house going to wind up being built? I mean, this is not a rough concept. This goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Yes, yeah, social media has made it easier for people to express stupid beliefs and opinions. We have to quit leaning into them. We have to quit going, oh, you poor baby. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. You can believe only brown cows give chocolate milk. That's fine. You go right ahead. That's good. Yes, yes. You have the right to your beliefs. I would like to amend that. Not if they're stupid. If you believe fire is cold, you are not entitled to that belief. I mean, to the extent of, by all means, step in it. Yeah, sure. Don't stand in the fire, World of Warcraft reference. But we have to quit factoring in the stupid beliefs into our decision-making and our policy discussions and all of our figuring in how we need to run things to make things better. Let them talk. Don't engage. Don't respond. Don't go back. Just go, yeah. So anyway... And go back to the business. Because we keep trying to use 25% styrofoam to build a beautiful house. And we keep wondering why parts of it are trying to collapse. Styrofoam is not load-bearing, and neither are stupid people. By the way, if you feel attacked by this, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to leave it at that. But <sighs> I would tack on to it that if if you have a rule of thumb and it seems oversimplified, maybe it deserves a little looking into. Because I, I feel like a lot of people have been done a disservice by trying to make things simple for the quarter of the population that we're calling styrofoam today. And the, the first thing that comes to mind is everybody's heard it. You've probably 
tried to abide by it at some point in, in writing or even speaking, even though I don't know why you'd use it speaking, the whole I before E except after C rule. Yes. It's nice and simple. It's a great way to teach kids how to spell, except there's like a thousand words that don't follow that rule, and there's less than a hundred that do. Yes. Just because it sounds good and it makes sense on the face of it doesn't necessarily mean it should be a rule of thumb. Uh, Fox News has a story out today on their website saying that Republicans behind closed doors are desperately trying to come up with a new phrase to use besides pro-life because that ain't working. It's too. I'm not joking. It's too confusing. Ceasefire text line. Don't forget insure and insure with an I or with an E. Yeah. Well, one one helps you rebuild your house after the hurricane. The other one is a delicious chocolatey shake. That's the difference between the two. I don't think that's where they were going, but that's where we wound up, which is kind of how this whole thing works when I'm here. Uh, a good question from Brian on the subject of which mass revolves around the other. I've got to wonder how many people guessed and got it right. <laughs> that is an excellent point. The old coin flip. Mo's feed us friendly. Yeah. Well, here we are having offended the entire planet again. Must be a Friday. Final segment of whatever troubles I've caused here. Live in the Element Well Studios on the way next on Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard Gibbert. He keeps his classified documents right where they belong. Inside a Journey record jacket from the 1980s. Gerard Gibbert. Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk, Mississippi. Sorry, I was jamming out for a second. I lost track of what I was doing here. Hello, Well Studios Live. Dave Hughes here. And as we wrap everything up, Crystal Mailman had a good point about the house built out of 25% styrofoam. Well, it would be well insulated. It's a very good point. I like that. And going in a different direction because I'm depressing myself talking about stupid people, as I tend to do. It's one of my hobbies. Um... The Huffington Post, okay, right right there, let's just pause for a chuckle, uh, but they have put together, they have collected the data because they have literally nothing else to do, and have determined what the most searched for pumpkin spice item is in each state in America. It's pumpkin spice season. My apologies. What do you think, Rhino? What do you think the most, uh, on Google, the most searched for pumpkin spice item in the state of Mississippi is? Candles. No, that, that, that's a good guess. But no. It's not latte. It's Cadbury pumpkin spice bars. 
Never would have guessed that in a million years. I didn't even know they existed until I saw I barely this. know Cadbury bars exist. Yeah. They're not just the cream eggs. They call them PS bars. Stands for pumpkin spice. I think they're trying to sneak one in there. Uh, in Louisiana, it's pumpkin spice pie. In Alabama, it's pumpkin spice popcorn, pumpkin spice donut in Tennessee, and pumpkin spice morsels in Arkansas. To just do the circle around Mississippi. I do love that there is zero consensus. It's different in every single state in this area. What you do with this information, if you find something you can do with that information, let me know. I'm curious to see. I can't think of a single way that could be useful to anybody. But now, sharing the misery, you also have it stuck in your head somewhere. I suggest burying it in a deep crack just, just so you don't take up you know, too much valuable space and wind up forgetting your phone number. It happens. Um, <laughs> this story. <sighs> Guess what? I can't believe we have the stats on this. Guess what the deadliest karaoke song is? Achey Breaky Heart? No, you would think. <laughs> I, 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 I would think that should be up on the list. But this makes so much sense after you think about it for just a second. Uh, since 1998, there have been at least a dozen instances of people losing their lives, getting killed... Uh, while they're singing Frank Sinatra's My Way. Now, let's see if we can figure out what group of people might be associated with Sinatra that would kill people while they were on stage. Any guesses? In 2007, a guy named Romy Baligula was gunned down by Robolito Ortega in a bar uh, while Ortega was halfway uh, through the song. Which means the guy singing is the one that pulled the gun and killed the other guy. While he was singing! Halfway through the song. He did it his way. <laughs> I'm very upset I didn't think of that. They have actually, they've come up with a name for this. It's the My Way Killings, because it happens so often in various areas, and it has become well-known enough that bars are starting to take My Way off of their karaoke playlist to avoid people getting killed in the middle of the song. I didn't even know that was a stat that was possible. But apparently it's a thing. Just wanted to let you know, in case you're headed to the karaoke bar this weekend, pick something else. Anything else. Unless you're feeling squirrely. Unless you're good at ducking, I think would be the best advice. Um, I don't know if you heard, they have pulled the uh, one-chip challenge off the shelves or pulling it off the shelves. 14-year-old ate one and later that same day died. The company said that they were pulling it off the shelves because, and I quote, consumers aren't following the instructions. 
Which, by the way, very first thing on the instructions on that, it's only for adults. So they just said, you know what? No, just pull them all in, pull them all back. Over under, what do you think the top price, the top bid on eBay for one of these that somebody has that they hadn't opened yet is going to reach in the next week? Oh, it's going to be a couple grand at least. I think so, yeah. Spicy people are crazy people. Eat hot chip. Buddy! Yeah, I know. Nobody else got that either. Have a good weekend, my friend. I'll see you again soon. Oh, yeah. And uh, you have a good weekend. You be safe. And I'll see you again soon as well. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.